Guys of a Certain Age is brought to you by no one. Absolutely no one. Except these dudes walking down memory lane. Now let's head to the studio to see what they misremember next. It's the podcast that some folks call a new miserable experience. Robbie Koblenz with guys of a certain age in studio with Art Shirley and Jay Reed. I've been holding that one for a little while. So I saw the gin blossoms, Bonnie. I saw the gin blossoms last night on the 30th anniversary of the new miserable experience Gosh, uh, album. 32, yeah. Yeah. Uh, four times platinum, um, sold millions of copies. That's what platinum means, Jay, in the, in the, in the music business. It's not the <laughs> surface yeah. that the, the album was made of. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Even though they they used well, they they looked like they were platinum albums that you would actually get. You yeah, know, you would get a gold or platinum album. Yeah, silver, gold, or platinum. Yeah, were so, they spray painted? Really? I don't know. Surely I mean, they were. Surely they were something higher in than that. I can't be platinum. I mean, they could have. Who knows? But anyway, got to see them on the 30th anniversary of that tour. That was a that was an album uh, CD that I played front to back. I guess edge to edge, edge to edge, constantly. Really, really enjoyed it. Great show. It was in the uh, Grand Opera House at the Riley Center in Meridian. I want to go there and see a show. That looks like a great place. That is the best sounding room I yeah. have ever heard a concert in. I was talking with uh, David Doliak, our graphic designer, and he's a musician himself. Uh-huh. He's seen multiple shows there. Um, his his uh, brother is Adam Doliak, country music singer, upper comer in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of musical genes there. And he thinks it's the best. It's the best concert venue he's ever heard I from a sound there. standpoint. Yeah. So, and I've, since we recorded, I've been to the Ryman to see America. Well, yeah, yeah. which was good. I was yeah. going to ask how how that because that I've was got, a great. I mean, that was a great experience too. I thought that was a great venue as well. Uh, it's one of those. It's a smaller thing, a little bit like the Orpheum. Yeah, uh, not in terms of the way it looks, but in terms of uh, capacity. And uh, I think it's only like 1,200. Yeah, it's a pretty small show. Yeah, but uh, it's great. It's a nice, intimate setting, as they say, and the sound was really good. Have have you ever been to the Ryman before? First time I'd ever been there. I've been there for a couple of things. I've got a concert. uh, There's a reunion concert of a rock band from Nashville called Chagall Guevara that's Mm -hmm. going to be um, July 3rd. I've got tickets to that. uh, Jay, that's Steve Taylor. He fronted that band. I don't know if you remember Steve Taylor, the Christian music artist. Of course I remember him, but I don't know that... uh, Group. Yeah, they when they kind of got out of the CCM business there for a while, they came together to make a rock band, and it's a fabulous rock band. I Is mean, he it, still with them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Steve ran the Kickstarter, and and oh, uh, cool. so the original lineup. I think they're swapping out bass players, but uh, so it's going to be at the Ryman, which the Ryman was the original Grand Ole Opry. Yeah, so the music. Church of Country Music. And yeah, it actually has pews, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. Did you see some, of the, the, pictures, some yeah. of the Facebook comments? I have I've never seen beer in a pew before. Well, <laughs> so, welcome to Nashville. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so great venue. So, how long a set did Gin Blossoms play? Um, it was about an hour and forty-five with yeah. the encore. Yeah. So those guys are a little bit older than we are. They're they're pushing sixty, sixty-one. Until my age. Well, a little bit older than we are. Yeah. And uh, our average age. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, I saw one of the guitarists uh, in the elevator before the show. I mean, it, we were staying in the hotel right across the street in the three-foot building. It's a Marriott property. Yeah. That's a phenomenal place to go hang out. And uh, anyway, I saw one of the guitarists and said, hey, just want to know, are you guys starting at 730 or 745? And he's like, we'll start at 730. And I'm like, 
yeah, these guys get it. So they yeah, that's uh, what America started at seven thirty and played a ninety minute show and yeah. then came back out for Horse with No Name as their encore. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we were all home at a reasonable hour. <laughs> well, well, and so talking to the guys, we uh, we ended up at the same bar and uh, just talked to one of the roadies and a couple of the guitarists for a little bit. They had a twelve o'clock. They had a midnight. Uh, bus call because the bus was pulling out at midnight they were going to louisville kentucky and playing tonight oh, wow. so they were getting uh getting a little something to drink then they were going to sleep on the bus and apparently they had a blowout they're going to have to stop i think in nashville to change tires you oh know to get a permanent tire anyway you know it's not a glamorous lifestyle no and that's what the guys in america are America, America, America. <laughs> guest starring George W. Are Bush. About ten years older than I am, so yeah. right around seventy, a little maybe a little older than seventy. Sure. But uh, they were very entertaining, very funny. Yeah. But uh, you know, looked for all the world like just a couple of dads that you know <laughs> were out there playing guitar. <laughs> I mean, thankfully, Becky was saying this. You know, so good that they're not trying to look like they're still sure. you know, twenty or thirty years old or whatever. But they they seem to really enjoy themselves, have a good time. But that, that's the way the gin yeah. blossoms were. Bonnie leans over to me and says, "It looks like the the." The bass player is like a granddad, you yeah. Know? Probably so, and may very well be. Probably was. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that was really interesting was um, uh, it's a five piece band: uh, two guitars, bass player, lead singer, and drummer. No keyboards. Everything came from the stage. And four of the five are the original members. The drummer has the drummer seat has changed a few yeah. times. Um, so it was it was a lot of fun. They're touring this year. They're all over the country. If you get a chance to go, I would highly recommend it. Um, it was it was a neat it was a neat show. There were uh, and the folks there were our age and yeah. uh, a little bit younger. Uh, at the front, we were up on the second balcony, which was a great place to watch it. But at the the front, there were uh, the two people, a couple who were standing through the entire show, and the lead singer halfway is like through. It's like you guys are awesome. If you continue to stand through the rest of the show, I'll give you a sign set list. Wow. And, and so there at the end, all the folks who were standing at the front, he was just, he he got, he gave his, his tambourine out and signed it and did a bunch of set lists. That That's very cool. So, but it was a lot of fun. So anyway, all right, let's jump into geeks. You want to go first, Jay? Sure. Why not? Yeah. yeah. What's the latest from Popular Mechanics 1986? Well, this is not quite as old as popular mechanics it is uh it has elements of the past and the future i came across this kind, toy kind of like this podcast yeah. <laughs> this uh you know kids a lot of kids we didn't have one of these but a lot of kids have these little battery operated ride along jeeps and stuff you know when they're little and i uh, came across radio flyer did one a few years back huh. that looks like a luke skywalker's land speeder so, oh wow, the old T thirty ones. I would want to have that. Well, the the YouTube <laughs> link that I sent y'all has it's so it's such a cool little commercial because you got this. It's in the sand. It's like they're on Tatooine, and there's this little Luke character driving, and he picks up. And I can't decide. It's a girl, but it it's like a brown rope. She's, so she's either an, an un no, hooded Jawa or she's she, Obi Wan. She's Obi Wan. Yes, yeah. well, I thought about that too. So Obi-Wan. they're they're driving along, and all of a sudden you see this uh, hand of a stormtrooper telling them to stop and then it kind of fades into the driveway and the dad says all right kids it's time to come in and the girl looks at him and waves her hand says these are not the kids you're looking for that is great (laughs) and he says oh okay you're not the kids i'm looking for come back in 10 minutes (laughs) thing is it's old it's not sold by radio flyer anymore i don't think yeah. but i looked on ebay and there's plenty for my grandkids to have one one day oh. forget the grandkids let's get a four-wheeler 
and make our own. Yeah. Let's yeah. say that is the one disappointment is that I cannot fit into this toy. Oh no, <laughs> I think Robbie's got the idea. But yeah, I think this my... may be a guys of a certain age project. Maybe this is there something. This is a new. The, <laughs> the rest of the season is how do we fare making this land speeder? Wow, we could go. do it. I mean, we could make it out of it. You know, we could. I, there's all kinds of ways we could do this. So we just need to get us a four wheeler, not a go, <laughs> not a go kart, but a four wheeler. Not a not a golf cart. A golf cart would be even better oh, okay. because so it, not, I used to not a go kart. Yeah, I said yeah. not a go kart, yeah, but yeah. a golf cart would be even better. It might be, yeah, because you could take then you would, yeah, then you, you could take really, the top off and it's electric and yeah. That could so spoiler alert for my kids. So if you're we put mirrors this. on the bottom, <laughs> oh, so that it would look like we're floating. There you go. Well, even this one, <laughs> you can see the wheels if you're looking at it. But it it has that sort of floating. We've effect. got to top the radio flyer version. We've got to. Yeah. We've got to. Oh, that would be so we, funny. And we, if we want to be like completely Star Wars accurate, we put mirrors and then Vaseline. Oh, that's because right. Because remember, that's, that's right, what yeah. that's what Lucas did. He put Vaseline. On so the, it would give it kind of a dis- heat uh, on the on the lens, okay. you know where they where it was where the uh, uh, speeder was supposed to be going across. It was a flat shot, so they smeared Vaseline on the lens. So it would give it a little motion blur yeah, kind of effect. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. I didn't all, reali- yeah, I forgot. I didn't realize he'd done that. That's all, awesome. All the things you learn on this podcast. All right. Okay, so. I get to be Obi Wan. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> That's right. I'll, I'll claim that as uh, oldest. Jay will be C three PO. Because of my face for radio, and I'll be R two D two. I think it just fits, actually. It really does. What you got, Art? And Art's doing the C three PO. Yes, I lost something there. I did find my geek finally. That Paramount Pictures. That's right. Paramount Pictures has announced that J.J. Abrams is moving forward with the next Star Trek, Star Trek Four. To the surprise of most of the surprise of most of the cast. That's right. They didn't know. They were not informed. And I think he's trying to go ahead and get it going. But you know, the last time they talked about it. Uh, negotiations broke down with Chris Pine because they wouldn't pay him enough to do it. And I don't think they're paying anybody of these folks enough to do it. Now, granted, some of them may be more anxious for work than others. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so they made the big announcement. Uh, and uh, they had not contacted the cast to let them know. Maybe there's something contractually in there. You know, in their deals or whatever that says you will make a fourth one when we say, but that's I can't imagine that's the case. Because most deals are three picture deals unless you're working right. for Marvel when right. it's a twenty eight picture deal. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so, uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the movie. I'm also real curious <laughs> as to who's going to be who's in it. Be <laughs> so I, I there was I, a terrible transporter <laughs> accident, and everybody looks completely different now. <laughs> that's much better than the old soap opera. Today, the role of yeah, is being right. played by. Um, it's probably going to be uh, what's his name that we did an episode on uh, Jeffrey Wright. Ah, it. Jeffrey Wright would be good though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that would be he could play all of the roles. He could. That would be kind of fun. So, yeah. um, I saw a fan theory that was posted on Reddit that said all the Star Trek movies are basically um, they the 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 original cast. If you go along the lines and you assume that Viger assimilated Kurt. Wow. All the movies are uh, are V'ger um, simulations that is put that it was putting Kirk through because they just get more fantastical as it goes along. That's pretty cool, you know. And you get to generations, and spoiler alert: Kirk dies. Yeah, you know. And generations has a lot of similarities to Star Trek: The Motion Picture with the alien probe coming in and all that. Yeah. So anyway, I thought that At some was point I'm going to go back and rewatch those. I've watched the first three over and over again and the first four actually but uh, i need to go back and watch some of the next generation 
Star Trek movies again. Yeah, First Contact's pretty good. Yeah, not all of them are good, but no. some of them are good. It's the it's the curse of the odd Star Trek numbers. It's still, it's it, still maintained even through the next generation. It really, really holds mm-hmm. though. Uh, my geek is a little bit different. It's a it's a food and drink based geek. Uh, I was taking a little Jace Thunder there. So uh, Mountain Dew announced this week that they are finally coming to market with an alcoholic version of their drinks, five percent alcohol. By by weight or by volume rather, okay, and uh, so kind of like a hard seltzer. It's a hard seltzer Mountain Dew. Can you imagine a Mountain Dew as a hard seltzer? You oh got, my gosh, you're talking about wide awake drunks everywhere. <laughs> <you're at. laughs> you yeah. got your up, you got your down. Yeah, that's you right. got your up, yeah. you got your down. It's like taking uppers and quaaludes. I, you know, this is yeah. This so that'd be a good idea. It's uh, it's going to be available in Nashville and Florida to begin with. Oh, and great. They'll, they'll roll out yeah. a so. city and a state. How interesting. Yeah. Yeah, well, with Tennessee, but they specifically said Nashville, then then Florida. I would, served at the Ryman. Yeah, <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably. I would think they're getting it out in Florida because of spring break coming up. Okay, you know, so it's not for the, all the right. all the assisted living facilities. No, it's not. I would stay away from Destin at all costs in March <laughs> yeah. and April yeah. at all costs. Yeah. So, but um, anyway, I thought that was kind of cool. I, I, I re- Mountain Dew is probably my favorite beverage. My favorite soft drink well probably maybe my favorite beverage i don't know uh it and mr pib and uh it's just intriguing alcoholic mountain dew you know at mountain dew when we lived overseas all you could get was coke products pepsi products but they were very limited y'all should do a podcast on that you should jacob yeah uh but the canada dry anyway there was no mountain dew if you found mountain dew it was very rare and then like all of a sudden overnight every little shop and little you know Wheelbarrow selling things had Mountain Dew. Wheelbarrow said no. I mean, that's, that's a that's true. true. That's true. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, very, very, we bought very. A, a case of uh, Dr. Pepper off a of wheelbarrow. <laughs> wow. Once. But uh, it's and lived to tell about. Yeah, uh-huh. and Mountain Dew just kind of pops up now, and you know, we loved it then, and I still love it. I don't buy it that much because of that. What you said, <laughs> to stay I, awake. And yeah, uh, I'm awake for that. three days. Yeah, you know, with yeah. the Mountain Dew. I, I really, when I was doing a lot of. Um, computer animation i would i would hit code red a lot yeah do code red was and that was kind of like the unofficial drink of animators and coders yeah. everywhere so yeah but. i used to love mountain dew I and mean, i can remember when it was in the you know the uh kind of i think it was in a browner bottle kind of like orange crush was a little bit and had the hillbilly stuff the, on oh it. Yeah, yeah yeah and i love and so that's now marketed at, and you can buy that occasionally it's like real sugar yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's called mountain dew throwback okay yeah, as opposed to Mountain Dew Throw Up, which is what the new <laughs> right. drink is going to be called. Yeah, actually by the new flavors, so they're always adding something. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I had raspberry Mountain. lemonade last, and there was a yeah. blueberry them and, thing. Or them and Cheerios have gone wild with no flavors. Doubt. Just give me the original, you know? I mean, it's almost it's a very guy of a certain like thing to I say. I like the original, but I like to try the flavors, too. What, Oreos? You like it when all the well, flavors Well, I'm saying like back. Oreos. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, you like it when all the flavors come back. Okay, all right. That's going to do it for the first half. We're going to come back and talk the book of Boba Fett and the chapters of Mandalorian when we come back. And we're back. We have survived talking about the Ryman Mountain Dew and a 20-year-old sand speeder that Jay found in Popular Mechanics, even though he says it didn't come from there. I refuse to believe that. We're going to jump into some more Star Wars things. We're going to talk the book of Boba Fett. 
Now. First thing that we I don't think we've mentioned this yet. John Williams is coming back to do the oh, Obi Wan score. Yeah, that that was a geek of the week. We probably should have mentioned, but I think it happened right after we recorded. I think so. Yeah. Anyway, that's big news. It is big news, and it should make that show much better. When does that show come out? March? No, uh, May. No. I think, I think it's, May. it's May fourteenth. Yeah, because the next it's, one is because uh, they wanted to come out May the fourth. So May the fourth be with yeah. you. But I think it's actually the anniversary date of the release of the original Star Wars. Oh, cool. Which is like later in May. May the 14th. May the 14th, you. yeah. Yeah. May the 14th. May the 14th. Be with you. So, uh, well, initial reactions. Obviously, spoiler alert at the front end here. We're going to be talking about uh, the end of the Book of Boba Fett. Initial reactions. What did you think, Jay? Overall, not disappointed that I watched it, but I think we've already said this to some degree on the show, but I, it didn't live up to The Mandalorian as far as overall quality, except for the episodes that. The Mandalorian was the star. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So it was seven episodes, really five about Boba Fett, and two about The Mandalorian. Pretty much, yeah. 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 And those were, were the best ones. And the thing is, I mean, like, uh, so there's seven episodes, so five and six. Was the was Boba Fett in? I think he was in a little bit of six, but he wasn't he in. He was not in five at he all. He was not in five at all. Yeah. Fennec Shand, uh, Mignon Wynn shows up at the very end uh, of five, but otherwise there was no connection to Boba Fett at all yeah yeah I liked it I mean I thought it was I, I, I agree it did not live up to uh I think uh my ex- expectations I mm-hmm. didn't I mean I, I liked it I would enjoy it I, you know would, would certainly uh, probably watch it again uh but to me there was and we've talked about this before there were some some quality issues and I think a lot of it has to do with uh some of the directions or some of the director uh Robert Rodriguez some of his decisions uh some of them just the pacing didn't seem right sometimes. I felt like I was watching The Phantom Menace again. That's kind of, you know, I mean, I don't know if I'd go back that far. But oh, I uh, would. I did. <laughs> I will again. Well, I had I, Boba was, Fett riding a Rancor. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. You had Boba yeah. Fett riding a, you know. Yeah, riding the Cloverfield monster is what it was. <laughs> well, so uh, one of the issues, I think, has been a prevailing problem with the character of Boba Fett. Yeah. He looks amazing, and and Lucas and then Disney have they have not been able to figure out how to tell his story correctly, yeah. and how to use him. Mm-hmm. You know, if you recall back, let's take away the the Star Wars Holiday uh, yeah. special, which is where he debuted. If you go back to Empire Strikes Back, it, he's this cool guy standing in the back, you know, looking menacing, and then you see him in Slave One. When the garbage is dumped, pursuing the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, he figures out Han's little, uh, ploy there. And he's just kind of, you know, you don't, he never says a word. Yeah. Um, in Bespin, when Lando turns the, the crew over to, to Darth Vader, he's standing there with with Hans, with uh, with Darth kind of menacing. He just looks really, really uh, just a bad dude. Then he opens his mouth in the book of Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah, it's like he's a rogue, but he's he's still kind of cheering for him in a way. I mean, as a character, but in this, why does he want to be the Daimyo? That that just never registered with me. And did they even tell why? Like when he when he got out of his you know Tusken Raider training and and all the things that we saw in the first couple episodes, and then he wants to. Why does he want to be this crime lord or whatever you would define it as? But yeah. but not just a crime lord. He wants to make the city go good. Well, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, he did make that clear. But to take, 
we didn't we didn't I mean I think I think a lot of it has to do with what he experienced in the the Tuscan Raider training mm-hmm. stuff and his his vision quest kind of stuff but you don't see that connection you know I think there was something that must have that we we're supposed to get from his you know his when the lizard went up his uh-huh. nose and, yeah, and yeah. sees that kind of stuff and but it wasn't there you know it wasn't like uh all of a sudden there was this epiphany that he reaches and he goes, I mean, he did see, he stopped the people from the train. So obviously in, in the train thing. Right. So he, he thought, you know, okay, maybe, but there was nothing where he really questioned his old life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Or, or I mean, his, he's did good things, but he's also on yeah. Jabba the Hutt's throne for like a better word. And yeah. it, it, I just, I don't know. It just didn't jive with me. And mm-hmm. I mean, this is John Favreau. What, what happened? I mean, yeah. Pretty much everything else he's touched has been gold. Well, and yeah. you know the other thing is, so you're at Jabba's palace, and it's it's Boba Fett, Fenric Shan, two Gamorrean guards, and a couple of droids running the whole kit caboodle. Yeah, and is it just me? But how easy would that be to take down? Yeah, <laughs> you got an old man who has to go into a back to tank every night. You've got Fenric Shan, who she's pretty awesome, but you know. You could take her. Yeah. She's very serious. And you got two pieces of walking barbecue. Because Green they barbecue. were they were disappointing to me. I mean, they really had no real effect on the whole <laughs> any of the story <laughs> stuff. And then of course you haven't mentioned uh, the they, mod squad. They, they weren't know. they weren't McGuffins, they were McRibs. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Put the, that in the show notes. Yeah, actually. that's right. That's right. Uh, but, but yeah, the mod squad, I mean, you yeah. know, those guys coming in, the you know the biker gang gone good i mean that really felt like a saturday morning cartoon kind of thing where you know this week with scooby-doo you know joan jett joins not to solve the mystery i saw it that didn't somebody said that it was like joan jett and the other folks in there but um so i i mean they you know yeah so there were a lot of things like that and i think you know like i said it, i felt like it may be too harsh but i do see the comparison to the to the phantom menace or the original trilogy because it did it did seem to be you know, kind of a departure from what they had that was working. So, you know, we, we said the Eternals would have been a great miniseries. I think this would have been a, a great pretty movie. good movie. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're probably right. Because do, you, do you think that maybe what they did with the Mandalorian, you know, is what they, they thought, okay, we're going to, this, this would have really fit Boba Fett's character. Maybe it's a prequel character. Yeah. Prequel movie or whatever. And you kind of see Boba Fett as a bounty hunter. And, but they substituted the Mandalorian in because at that time they didn't know that they could, you know, how successful it would be, and they didn't want to make, you know, make a chance, take a chance on messing up that character, that beloved character. So the the genesis of the Mandalorian series was going to be the Boba Fett movie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I, yeah, that was that that you can go back and fact check that, look and see some of those initial discussions, and then they decided not to do Boba Fett. They decided to do the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And like you said, take a parallel tract with a similar character. Uh, and I got to think Solo, the, the reception to the movie Solo, which which I liked. I mean, I thought that was good. But they had done that with Solo. Yeah. You know, we go back and we're doing a prequel movie for Solo. And then for it to do as badly as it did, they thought we can't take a chance and do that with Boba Fett. Why don't we do? And so you, you think that might be kind I of I think that's happened? part of it. And then also, I think they've, they've, they painted themselves into a corner because you had... Uh, Rebels and Clone Wars explore extensively the Mandalorian culture. Okay, yeah. You know, and so you've got Mandalore, you know, really you do a deep dive into it. Then you've got this cat over here of Mandalorian armor 
that we really who's not Mandalorian. Not Mandalorian yeah, right. he, mm-hmm. yeah, we and don't kind of retconned him to give him a little bit of a Mandalorian thing now, but he really was not. No. He just had the armor. We didn't know what the armor was when he yeah <laughs> when he yeah. first appeared. Yeah, but, uh, and I, I'm sure with David Filoni, is that yeah, um, as as a creative force on it, tying in Clone Wars, you know, and Rebels you know, was going to happen and, and made sense, worked great in Absolutely. the Mandalorian. But then you've got this character that's a crowd favorite who makes a great appearance, I thought, in the Mandalorian. Uh, you know, it made more sense and was more true to the Boba Fett character as much as we know him. Um, but then in the series, they just kind of took it off on a different tangent. I guess because you couldn't do, even though they did, you know, obviously they brought Mandalorian in, you really couldn't do that same kind of story with Boba Fett. Yeah, you know. So well, talking about tie-ins, though, is there anything that came out in the story? Now, I think it's easy for us to see maybe the Mandalorian episodes where that might lead. But was there anything in his background story and the Tuscans and all the things that are going to be important later? Do we know that yet? I was expecting Fremen to pop up at any minute and say, you know, get off our world, Harkonnens. But, you know, obviously that didn't happen. I, I, who knows? And there was a lot of that borrowing, though, the spice thing. Oh, yeah. From Dune and, 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 and you know, King Kong. It, so, and that's one of the things that kind of... Yeah. But that's that's been around since the first Star Wars movie. Yeah, but spice, spice wasn't coming off Tatooine. No, 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 I'm talking about borrowing. I'm oh, sure. Oh, okay. About, yeah. yeah, so, it, I mean, you it, know. And so, that this is... If you remember, it's the spice mines of Kessel. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, he'd had that in there, you know, from the beginning. You know, and spice now, has been a deal. And but, but Han it, Solo was a spice runner at one point. Yeah, okay. and, but we're we're getting spice from Tatooine. Yeah, I, that, you no. know, I, that's a little retcon. That the other thing too, and one bit. a major complaint I've seen, and I think it's a valid one, is how much time we're spending on Tatooine. Yeah, you know, I mean, for, they're they're. For, there are other worlds out there. Well, for being on the outer rim of nowhere, according where everything to the, happens, it's where yeah. it's like the epicenter yeah. of everything. So. I did hear that Obi Wan, uh, that series, it, of course, he's on Tatooine, but they're going to get him off of Tatooine. And did uh, you see Ian McDermott, who played Palpatine, said, "You know, hey, I know I'm dead in the movies, but you never know what happens. They're bringing Darth Vader back." So. How awesome would that be to have Darth Vader and the Emperor in Kenobi? Yeah, I'd still like to see Mace Windu make an appearance. Yeah, yeah, that would be kind There'd of be fun. Some de aging, yeah. but <laughs> well, he could be you know still barbecued or whatever. He, <laughs> he he would go good with the Gamorrean guards. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So we've kind of torn apart those five episodes. Let's talk about episode five and six, which yeah. were the minor Mandalorian episodes. Uh, I love. To, uh, Mandalorian 2.5 is what I've heard it called. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Um, I loved the Mandalorian episodes, and I loved even more so Luke and Ahsoka. I was not expecting that at yeah. all. Yeah, so. uh, I like that a lot. I just I get a little worried that is that going to be the crutch. You know, is it going to be like okay, we got to build? It's this. a crutch. I'll take all day long. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know, give it to me. I'm I'm it's addicted more of a to Walker. I mean, than a crutch. I'm addicted uh, to Skywalker. Oh, I'm addicted to Luke Spice. So <laughs> anything that, that shows me Luke Skywalker yeah. post Jedi, absolutely. Yeah. So and I love the line where, you know, Ahsoka's looking at Luke's like, Man, you're so much like your dad. Yeah. You know, and which I mean, it's a little retconning of Anakin. Yeah. Because now you've got that bridge across and it's really, really cool. Yeah. So I enjoyed that. But those episodes were 
were much better, I think, in terms of not just the story, not just because of who made the appearances in them, but they were just better done to me. I mean, Bryce Dallas Howard directed episode five. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that was a great episode. That's that's one I would have wanted to see a movie. People complained, oh, well, there's too much of them fixing the... Uh, the, the, the Naboo, Jedi Temple. Yeah. No, the, no oh. the the Naboo fighter. Star, the, oh, yeah. In one? Yeah. Yeah. Too much of those scenes. I liked those. I thought that was good, you know. But uh, well, there was tie in there to the first movie, right? Did you see yeah, that? Yeah, that extra part came from the garbage heap they were trapped. Yeah, uh huh. The little thing that they used to hold the walls apart, uh-huh. the actually right, long right. pole that they yeah. used to hold the walls apart. Yeah, yeah, so that was good. Lots of visual references back. Uh-huh. A lot of nods. So. Yeah. Um, if it's a crutch, I'll take it. Yeah, I'm just going to say. But I, but I do kind of worry that that's going to be because I think with. Um, you know, with the Mandalorian, they created a character that was, you know, every bit as viable character as any other that's been created for the Star Wars so far. I would, I would say, you know, he fit, especially season one, felt so much like the original trilogy in terms of tone. And, it did, you know. So, well, in in the whole I, Mos Mos Espa, we've never heard of Mos Espa before. No, and why was you know just leave it in Mos Eisley? Well, yeah, Eisley, and it's yeah. this huge, it's this huge city. Yeah, I just. I think the the rule of thumb is Star Wars tales get better the further from Tatooine they are. Yeah, I also think that they they do better with new characters. Absolutely. Yeah, because you you're not treading on somebody's. You're not what are you destroying my childhood or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's good. Now, so it makes me a little worried about Obi Wan. You know, is that series going to live up to expectations? But at, at the same time, we've kind of had the lull now we've had the iron man three <laughs> which is not that bad i rewatched oh, that's iron a man great 3. movie yeah yeah actually iron man 2 is the one that's considered the worst one right too but I'm iron man what, 2 wasn't bad either if you cut uh whiplash out and made sam rockwell the key villain and just made it a business he is great sam rockwell is worth watching that he movie is. for he's he, the best part of that movie. him dancing out oh the i love that i think about that like, all the time <laughs> and you wonder how much of the him did he you know just like you know, well, well, Robert he, Downey Jr. and all these other folks well, put their own personalities in there. Him selling the war machine armory to to Rhodey was great. You know, like I, I, you know, I've got you this. These are boom, 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 and and you yeah. know, Rhodey's like, and then he's like, I call this the mother-in-law. Yeah, you know, the, yeah. the bomb that that he, he ends needs up using. to come back. He needs to be back again. He's not dead or anything. No, yeah. it's Marvel. Nobody's ever dead. Yeah, that's true, so. except for Black Widow. And Tony Stark. And Tony Stark. That's right. So, all right. So we went off on that tangent. <laughs> back, back to uh, the Lucasfilm universe, the cousin universe of, yeah. of of Star Wars. That's what we're missing is a Star Wars uh, Marvel crossover. Oh, yeah. That's what we're missing. So, who do you think? Uh, who's the Marshal? Cobb Vance is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. So you know he's, he's in the, definitely coming back. Well, he's in the back to tank. Yeah. You yeah. know he's coming back to. So oh, he's what? He's, He's coming, coming back, back to, to wow. Okay, Robbie, you're gonna have to come up with a groaner as well. <laughs> oh, man, that was horrible. That's worse than most days. Um, <laughs> so the um, um, it's a compliment. Who's he gonna become? Now there was a cyborg bounty hunter character in the original run of comic books. And I cannot remember the guy's name, and you know he could. I, I thought, wouldn't that be great if Vance becomes this cyborg bounty hunter? You know, but all right. Timeline wise, he can't show up in Obi Wan because that's actually what five, ten years after uh, Star Wars. Yeah, uh, 
Wait, Obi Wan is five to ten years after Star Wars. After no, um, uh, after um, after the no no it's, Iron Man it's, two it's, after uh, <laughs> what's the third of the prequel? Uh, Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, Jay's. Uh, did you see Jay's video he sent with all the Star Wars movies have the wrong title? No, I try not to watch Jay's videos. <laughs> it's awesome. Pretty much though. dead on. It? It's very much dead on. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Later. No, the character I'm talking about is Belarc Van- Valance, who is a murder cyborg with a conscience. One of my favorite characters from the original Marvel Star, Ru- Star Wars runs of comics. Okay. Up there with the green bunny bounty hunter. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Awful. He was great. He was absolutely great. <laughs> he was so bad, he was good. Yeah. Jackson or something like mm-hmm. that. He made J-A-X-X-O-N. Yeah. Or yeah. 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 Oh, man. He was great. Yeah. Anyway, so you got you got Cobb uh, Valance or whatever his name is coming back. So there's there there's been speculation that you know there was going to be a Star Wars Rangers spinoff. Yeah, and then um, who who played who was the character from the Mandalorian, the female Gina Carano? Yeah, yeah. and so and her she character was I can't remember. Yeah, she name. got into a little bit of PC yeah. trouble, and so she's no longer associated with Lucas. Mm-hmm. Speculation was she was going to be the lead in that Rangers movie so are they going to resurrect something along those lines and bring Cobb uh, fans back into it that would be interesting to see Um, I just let's get off of is it going to be on Tatooine though yeah let's go to Hoth okay let's go to Hoth let's have the Ice Monsters of Hoth limited series or something like that that would be great what about a pair of detectives in Coruscant oh that would be great yeah that would be you know there was one time uh, when Lucas still had it he he had pitched a live action. The first live action Star Wars TV show mm-hmm. was going to be about the crime lords in the underworld in Coruscant. Yeah, which would have been. Really- and you know th- that would, might have not have been a bad idea to do with with Mandalorian, as opposed to have him you know in there. So you know he comes out of the Sarlacc pit and then he leaves. Yeah, you know? I would like to see a little bit more about Black Sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Shadows of the Empire was just a fabulous limited series that kind of told Empire r- the uh, wrench of the um, r- Empire Strikes Back. Sorry, Jay has gotten to me from <laughs> from a uh, you know messing up the what have I done? Uh, all, everything you've done everything. Uh, wow. Shadows of the Empire showed the 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 a different side of Empire Strikes Back uh-huh. from. You know, a different viewpoint of characters. I would love to see, not necessarily going back to the original trilogy in that regards, but I, I want to see more organized crime that has nothing to do with huts. Yeah. And speaking of huts, you got the two twins. And they had nothing. They, they got nothing. what? Yeah. Did somebody get a big salt shaker and pull her on them or something? I mean, <laughs> come on. I mean, you talk- one of the spices they brought in. No, not salt. It's <laughs> <laughs> That would something. Yeah, yeah I, it just oh, so many lost opportunities. Well, so, there were. That's what I think was most disappointing about missed it. Missed opportunities. Yeah, missed opportunities. I mean, you could have even done something more with the Tuscan Raiders. They just end up dead after all. <laughs> you know, yeah. oh, we killed them all off. But it was yeah. good to see what we did because that, that was so much more than we knew about the Tuscans prior yeah. to just from watching the movies at least. So, yeah. I, you know, I was waiting for a unmasked reveal of a Tuscan Raider at some point. Yeah, that would have been neat. I don't know if it had been neat, but it, I may I, have seen it. I just don't know. Yeah, who knows? Maybe they were the mod squad. <laughs> wow. I think some of the acting they taught too. He taught them how to write the uh, the speeder bike things. Oh, sure. And then the ones that survived took their bandanas <laughs> off and looked like the bugaloos. <laughs> 
Oh. They're in the air and everywhere. Yeah, we've gone off the rails. Yeah. So, it, Art, you said you'd probably rewatch. Yeah, although I haven't rewatched. Mandalorian's the only series I've rewatched, including the um, um, Marvel series so far. I haven't rewatched any of them. Yeah. So, what about you, Dan? You watch any of them? I don't, I, I don't rewatch a lot of stuff, but I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I think we So, it's special that he comes back week after week, you know, you to hang out right with us. Yeah. Yes, sir. He likes to see the people come back, but not in a repeat. <laughs> yeah. Right. Just imagine how joyous your life would be if you were, and they're back. <laughs> this story seems strangely similar. Wow, this has all happened before and it will happen again. Yeah, but anyway, you know, what we, talk, we mentioned this before. The actor was Tamuria Mora. I can't remember. Yeah, Tamuria Morrison. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's a great guy, but the acting just didn't quite live up to. And I wonder if that was part of it. Yeah, and and Fennec Shand, even though Ming Ming Na is a great actor, she's in a lot of cool things, but I just felt like her character was just way too serious. I think all the that's time. Robert Rodriguez. I think that's. I mean, and Robert Rodriguez is one of my favorite directors. He's done some. You know, I really love the Desperado stuff and all that, but. Uh, it just, a, a lot of it felt flat. Some of the fight scenes, you know, you it, could tell it, it was almost it, like a practice as opposed to a truly It felt like Spy Kids 4 on Tantooine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was some of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, anyway. anyway. I mean, I like cameos. I'm, I'm and it, it's You know the, why? Huh? Because, because the people, people are coming, coming back. back. <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> you know, in, in all the things, in a lot of the things we've talked about, this Star Wars related, you know, you waited, or even Marvel, you when, uh, when Stanley, when go well, that that oh, no, you know, when <laughs> leave him alone, let him sorry. get his words in out. In our limited series, usually towards the end, you know, like Luke Skywalker coming back in Mandalorian, and um, what's her name from Seinfeld that came in at the end of one of the Marvel movies, yeah, those kind of things at the Louis end, Dreyfus. yeah, her. Um, but this was kind of like okay, the, the cameos are early, and we've seen them before, and I'm glad they were there because it saved the show, yeah, you know, those two episodes, but. It was almost like too much. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. A little too much fan service. Yeah, I guess so. Speaking of fan service, as we wrap up this episode, I just wanted to point out that I'm not the reason we go long. You know, the Zach episode, you guys came close to 44 minutes. I just want to make sure I had nothing to do with that Let's episode. Let's give the credit to Zach. He was so intriguing. Was that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. It, <laughs> I, we could have gone on longer. How many episodes have we done? This is 167. Okay. Wow. So we'll put that one. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the last episode of this version of Guys of a Certain Age. I did think about we this. We will have Zach back on again though, sometime. I would he love to have to Zach talk to you. Yeah. Well, I thought, you know, we kind of had George stand in for you, Jay. We had Zach stand in for me. Jake has stood in for me from the. Oh, and I guess That's Jake. Yeah. Jake was your stand. Uh -huh. So yeah. All right. So we've I've lost my stunt double. <laughs> yes, Jake has gone to a better place, or maybe not. He went home. Anyway, all right. That does it for this week. Thanks, guys, for joining us, and uh, hopefully, we'll see you next time around. <laughs>